1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. My guest tonight, for your quintessential listening poetry online radio pleasure, is acclaimed poet, spoken word artist, and storyteller, Zamkanto. His bio can be found on the blog talk information page. When I first heard him, I was struck by his voice, and more importantly, by his powerful, powerful message. I heard him. On Cultivating Voices like Poetry, I was simply amazed, and I said to myself, yes, I talked to myself, I need him to be a guest on my podcast. And he graciously agreed, and he's with us tonight. Now, the only problem, okay, (laughs) he's calling in from Windsor, Canada. So hopefully, there will be no technical difficulties, and I'm going to try to bring him on now. All right. Cross your fingers.
2: Hello. Hello. How are you oh. doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. I, it, it, it dropped earlier on because I was yes. holding for 10 minutes and then uh, I think something happened on my end, you know, so yes. since we are cross borders. Such things are anticipated sometimes, or hopefully not now. So, yes, I'm grateful. How are you doing?
1: Quite well. Hopefully, things oh, nice. will be wonderful with Blog Talk Radio and sometimes with live radio podcasts yes. in general. There are technical problems, so
2: yes, it's wow, we're good. The course. we're good, we're good, we're fantastic. Yeah, let's, let's put it out into the universe. We are <laughs> yes, good. we are fine. Oh, yes. It
1: makes me very happy. <laughs> I just gave you a glowing introduction, and I shared with them that when I first heard you on Cultivating Voices Live Poetry, I was Mm. so thunderstruck by your voice, and as I said, more importantly, your message, that I knew I had to invite you to be a guest on my show.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm I'm, I'm humbled by that. Uh, I'm humbled by that. Thank you so much for your encouragement. Oh, yes. Uh, I, I do not take it lightly. Thank you.
1: Yes. Well, let's begin our poetic journey together, if you don't mind. Are you ready?
2: (laughs) Yes, I am.
1: (laughs) All right. What I'd like to do, here's a question that I've asked over 300 guests at Mm -hmm. the very top of my program. The question Mm -hmm. is, what is poetry to you?
2: Oh, um, poetry, I think, for me, is my trip door, you know, uh, to kind of escape the surface. Everything that's going on on the surface, and just you know um, go to this place where uh, I can be one with the magic of of everything else that that is not the the usual that we are used to you know mm-hmm. uh the only irony obviously is the trapdoor was also used for for hangings, you know, <laughs> yes. so it feels like that sometimes you know where it's like the trapdoor is is letting you lose free to 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 die uh you know to die a death because poetry sometimes when it's tragic times can take a certain turn depending on where your uh, your mental health is on the spectrum right yes. and uh but it, in the same in the same uh vein which is the wonderful thing is that in the same vein that dying of that death becomes can become something positive you know poetry can help you transcend a certain situation and and uh you go back to it you say oh but what i say there kind of reflects into what i'm going through now so that means if i if i had if 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 i went through that and i wrote that about myself then that means that that was past intuition about today so i have Mm -hmm. to listen to what i wrote before so your poem comes in to save you as well, you know, So oh, wow. yes. save you from yes. yourself. So it's it's, yes. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So that's poetry yes, to me. Uh, poetry nice. saves me. Uh, mm-hmm. It saves me a lot of trouble of explaining myself in, in, in the conventional ways because we know we are all different. Some people start us, some people can't. I, I still have people who say your accent, you know. But through poetry, I can... I can take a uh, language itself and, and put it on its head, you know, and, yes. uh, and I won't have to then think too much about the convention, conventional ways in which I, I, I could have said to people, Oh, I'm sad today, but mm-hmm. I say it in a, in another way. Uh, or Hey, you know, I, I think, I think this, uh, economic situation, is, 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 uh, is swallowing people up uh, and, and people need some uh, kind of intervention. Then now mm-hmm. I'm the observer uh, also telling the world through poetry that, hey, there's something you have to respond to, however subtle I put it. Yes. You know, what I'd like to ask
1: is, in a general way, You've shared some specifics about the importance of poetry. What are some other ways that, or other reasons why poetry is important to the general populace? Why would it be important what
2: we do? Because, because poetry is magic, <laughs> you know? Like, you know, being a poet, you're, you're a magician. So it's <laughs> necessary for us to create magic because magic makes you believe in, in things that are, 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 are almost impossible you know but magic makes it, a, it makes it a, a reality to take to take all of these uh, musings all of these beautiful ways of seeing the world seeing flowers in the most mundane mundane things seeing you, you know being able to create that landscape that beautiful dreamscape that's power so poetry is magic that's needed in wow. in 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 a world that is usually so bland and often wanting you to to repeat yourself all the time with poetry you don't have to repeat yourself you say something and the people get lost in the magic and it's beautiful it's a beautiful thing and it's not a magic to trick somebody it's a magic to put back people's people's souls together you know you can say something. Yes. That truly moves somebody down generations. That's why that's why you have certain writers that say things and and you know uh, inspired generation. So it's 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 about creating this beautiful magic that can sustain life. It's our little uh, you know little universe in which we can sustain life with the magic of words. That is mm. very powerful and that is so needed in the world yes, where where often words, because the power of words lies in, in how you express them. And I think poets are lucky that way, because poetry reaches for the soul. You know, it does not uh, do a, it does not uh, circle, circle the sky and decide to land. Poetry just goes straight for the soul, you know. You know. And so that, that's a powerful thing to be able to do, to, to write poetry. Well, Any I was going to
1: share, I was going to share that I've got the biggest smile on my face because I've never heard anyone describe poetry as being magic. That word is so powerful in itself. And it's you're right, it calm. is magic. It is magic. I agree 100%, 100%. You know, as you think about your work, your, your body of work, what are some of the predominant things that you write about, my friend?
2: Uh, you know, um, my poetry is hard to 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 accept unless I've talked about where I grew up, Makoko.
0: Right.
2: You know, mm-hmm. So I grew up in this very amazing community. Uh, born out of you know uh, with colonization, uh, you had a lot of urbanization as the in, in industries were being built, people were moving into these small enclaves. Uh, compounds they called them right, where uh people lived uh, they were conveniently placed right where the factories were, you know, so mm-hmm. the poor people, our fathers our mothers they they were they they were going to these factories every day, right, but they were living in these cramped up conditions, and basically just being the being the help that is not even considered. As as human being, you know. Right. So so this 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 ghetto of Makokova, beautiful beautiful uh, enclave, is where I found people with stories and carrying magic around it just by being a, a, alive, you know. Just mm-hmm. by being resilient against any kind of problem. Just by finding a way out. Being masters of improv, you know. If things mm-hmm. don't go well today, oh, tomorrow I'm gonna try and sell tomatoes. <laughs> or for some that were so uh because you know there are certain conditions of living that can leave you with ptsd you can't escape since you're consistently yes. in that environment so mm-hmm. you know you're suffering ptsd as the day goes by whilst also <laughs> trying to heal it in certain ways so you know can can't blame certain certain people for having uh, it, it become, uh, for instance, like uh, robbers or something like that. You can't blame them for that. They, a, a certain something was triggered that um, that that made them choose a certain lifestyle. But mm-hmm. one of the biggest things to understand about my poetry, which is the most important, is that that place called Markokoba. <laughs> is the viewpoint from which I see resilience, is the viewpoint from which I view the strength of mothers in the community, the strength of elders in the community, the resilience of grandmothers, the words they've said in their own poetic ways to save us from, uh, from, distra- from being destructive. Those become the themes that I now um you know when i encounter others in 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 in, in, with different cultural circumstances i know that we will connect if we say hey you know what grandma is grandma is the truth like yes i know in my (laughs) culture grandma is the truth too you know (laughs) so so where we can converge and and share similarities with Marco because Marco people are the most artistic as far as I'm concerned, you know. And uh, they mirror other communities which also carry the same circumstances across Zimbabwe, across the region, and across um, most uh, circumstances of developing world situations, right? Yes. Uh, So they mirror the true resilience and energy and pride and the I'm apologetically me, I'm going to shine, I'm going to, <laughs> to radiate so much light, you know, and, and all in a humble way, but yes. because, because, you know, when you come, these communities where you've already been obliterated by, by everyday happenings of the world. By mm-hmm. your lack of access to certain uh, spaces where your voice can be heard louder, well, you naturally start becoming louder elsewhere. And for me, that loudness is my poetry, and that loudness is necessary because you know um, to to always be silent through things you can't control, as inevitable as that might seem you still have control over this world that you can create and be louder than the silence that, was, that has been meted upon you. You know what I mean? So I agree. Th- that, that, that's exactly for me what is the, 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 the reason why when I do my poetry, I want it to come from the gut and express, because I know I am expressing more than just my poetry, but I am carrying a whole community on my back. Oh, very nice. I'd like you to share with us, the listeners and as well
1: as myself, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power. What it <laughs> off? Yes.
2: Uh, when I was eight years old, uh, <laughs> uh, I won a poem. I, I won a a, um, a competition, right, uh, and, and got this poetry certificate for a poem that I wrote called. Mr. Bad Ears. <laughs> I always <laughs> ask myself, like, what was I thinking, you know? <laughs> but I was, yeah, I, I was talking about how my ears had wax, and uh, I, I, I was straining to hear the things that are beautiful that I would love to hear, because mm. my ears, my my ears have wax, and I can't I can't hear properly on some days. Uh, that's why I am I Mr. Bad Ears, you know, and I'm eight years old.
0: <laughs>
2: and so when when you won the certificate, what changed mm-hmm. for
1: you at that point? What
2: changed? It, it, I, there was no real awareness of like anything changed. It was mm-hmm. just the awareness that, oh, so this <laughs> stuff that I, I, I thought was crazy mm-hmm. is actually what, what what these adults out there giving me this, this paper for, you know? So, it, 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 so it, that, that was the shock there, you know, when, yes. when the teacher is waiting right there, to then shakes your hand awkwardly and then gives <laughs> give you the certificate and you walk back and everyone is clapping, you know? But you, you are a child, you know, you are a child. I just yes. always think that I, I, I was seeing that realm, that realm was with me. Because for us, where I come from, like poetry is very spiritual. It okay. is actually there in, 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 at funerals. You find it there at weddings. You find it when people are trying to talk. Because our language, uh, as, as, as are most of the languages you'll find in Africa, you'll find that most people, their conversational uh, language is not like, hey, man, I, you know I'm, I'm going to the corner store. And I'm going to get some bread, and uh, you know it's it's mm-hmm. like, "Hey,
0: um
2: I'm going to to step out and feel the sun for a <laughs> moment <laughs> and see how far my legs carry me. Perhaps I should I'll come back with some provisions. Uh, you know <laughs> so, so, it's like this this language so so full with proverbs. Yes, And so full with uh, poetic meat, so full with... So that's why I always get so confused when, uh, you know, uh, earlier on, <clears throat> I, 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 I read something where I was like, this is, this is kind of crazy, you know, uh, where someone was saying, like, uh, the written literature we, we know today in, in Africa, right? uh consists of uh, uh three genres of literature including poetry drama and prose that are part of the western acclimatization as a result of colonization and acquisition of, of western education i'm like oh okay all right we have we have had poetry for centuries we've had drama for centuries <laughs> and if you're talking of prose the language when people are just talking if you were to, to put up a microphone and then after you're done when, when, when the elders are done talking or just like to each other and then you translate and then tell me it's not prose, <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. So the fact that there is too much emphasis on Africa's oral tradition, what is overlooked? is that in the oral, in the oral nature of, of, of such a society, there mm-hmm. are certain traits that have to be sharpened to the core, like active listening. Mm-hmm. If you're going to preserve something, you need active listening. If it it's in the oral tradition, you need, uh, you need to keep people entertained because the voice is drama. Yes. The voice is so if, if people's whole body becomes a voice mm-hmm. and people's whole voice becomes a body. That's the oral culture. But if you if you trace it to its very spiritual roots, then it takes on another form. You see what I mean? So yes, I do. To, to not to disregard that because of um, of 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 how we now express ourselves through the written literature because of colonization is to disregard how much more you can you can actually uh, record in, in uh, about societies because the problem with colonization is that whoever the colonizer was will never tell you of the literary traditions the rich literary traditions of the nations he's trying to conquer because conquering them means to totally show them as as very vulnerable people. So you won't talk about their literature, you won't talk about their poetry, you won't talk about their drama, you won't talk about their expressions of art, you want all of these things would make them look so so sophisticated that it would be it would be hard to to always, always disregard their literature. But it's easy now to disregard the literature because it will be like oh Mbonisi, Zomkonto does not really understand what poetic devices are. So although mm-hmm. he writes beautifully he doesn't always have oh he didn't do an anaphora there i wanted him to do that oh i wanted to to maybe try the compound across the- no no yes. no no my poetry is of a different literary culture and that's okay and i it think definitely. we have a, we have a, a chance now that we are we are so connected. We have social media, we have all of that, to actually start a very thorough investigation of literary traditions that are, are beyond the ones that we are used to. Yes, haiku, mm-hmm. yes, uh, you know, but try and go and see if there is a way that you can preserve these cultures with oral traditions, because the the, the Aboriginal people will teach you some crazy literature, some mm-hmm. intense spiritual literature that can lift you up and place you in a place of magic you see what i mean but mm-hmm. because uh those cultures have to always subvert their <laughs> their own to try and fit into an ideal and into uh, basically a colon- colonial way of looking at the beauty of poetry or literature then we'll always have these these uh these problems where uh you're like oh even if this African writer is so good, <laughs> but let's put them under the classification of African writer, not writer. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yes, I see, I That's understand. a dangerous precedent. That's a very dangerous precedent because words are power. And the more references that we have to define what is poetry, to define what is drama, to define what is prose, to define the length and breadth of storytelling, the more we stretch ourselves, the more we don't just have one paradigm of, of the beauty and magic of words. If we have more of it, I believe that it will make us better, uh, p- better poets and also people that can appreciate poetry as, as broadly as they can than just have one way to look at it.
1: Well, I champion different ways of being when it comes to writing and sharing your work. So what I'd like you to do right now for the listening audience, mm-hmm. please share
2: a poem. Okay, all right. This is amazing to have this opportunity. This poem I call uh, Pep Talks in the Ghetto. Pep Talks in the Ghetto are not usually pep talks, but trauma dumps. Towering giants brutally crumbling like sawdust upon their sons. Because for years invisible hands have been chipping away at their own self-esteem. Their loose screws unraveling from limbs that have become accustomed to bringing hammers down upon steel. Sometimes they confuse that steel for their own children's limbs. These drunken men who will bend to nobody's will but colonialism came to the same freedom train that never left the system and the few times that it did it went over their own keys and had to be brought back to the station to clean out the blood and make it gleam again while the speakers repeat the message to moan in peace and then repeats the pain. I had friends as a child that were so afraid to go back home. Oh, so little did I know that their skins were fire pits and what I thought was just a chic skin through holes in their clothes was actually loud-mouthed drunken souls that only healed when they played with us. But that when they started walking home again, those souls filled afresh with past. Now I know why they never spoke much. We did not know why they withdrew from touch, so we left them out of tag teams. But if I had the means today, I would seek them with a Midas touch, turn their smiles into gold because, oh, how rich their laughter. Can you believe they laughed in paragraphs? It is hard as a child to watch another child be sad, so together we prayed for change, every chance that we had. Change for hot buns, change for ice cream, change for movies, and change for dreams. Man is a different kind of mystery. We know when to change attire, but if our own communities are losing air, we puncture their lungs some more, losing all desire to breathe as one. Then sit and watch drunk fathers dump trauma upon the shaved heads of their sons, and from across the street, adding to the speech that pep talks in the ghetto are meant to be angry. Because, God damn it, we are angry. That we could be such happy people, and yet the world see only our ugliness. So we start hammering away at any love that stammers into our day, walking past stone mirrors wanting our black faces to change because they make it seem every inch of darkness is its own bout of pain but oh colonialism did a number system on our relatives some left for south africa and came back as shimmering corpses that tell no single story of where they've been and what you don't know is that this is the first time anyone applied anything to their faces covering the knife scars that peer through the bomb, looking calm, but you know their life was rough, knowing they wanted it to stop because you can see that the knife scars are not just a gang of rivers flowing to nowhere, but that there are parts where they trail off and disappear. A change in the tide, like leaning over their graves and throwing some change inside. Watch it land on rose petals and wish that those metal round pieces of miracles by them land on the other side. All right.
1: (laughs) What was the purpose of that piece? Tell me about it.
2: So there's this thing that happens uh, where I grew up, so in Bulawayo, uh, the city it's it's close to the border with South Africa. Mm-hmm. So now, because of uh, you know the economic situation for the longest time, some of them cross over to South Africa to find a better living, you know. Uh, but just like every other uh, running ad for more cheap labor in the world right you've got all of these people that risk migrating and, and their boats kept size right you've got uh, the people from my area who went to south africa thinking that what they saw on tv about south africa being the first world in the world, in the third world was yes. going to translate to something you know uh egged on by relatives and everyone who also wanted uh, somebody to be there to to provide, you know? So they go over there, they find the reality is different, and then uh, because of that fear that we place upon each other in in, uh, oppressed communities is that we place this fear into whoever is out there to provide. And it's no fault of anybody because we are very communal people. We, we, we believe in the spirit of Ubuntu, you know, I am who I am because you are, you mm-hmm. know. So we are, we, are, we are all about extended family. But there are times where it's, it's taken so much out of, out of uh, those kids when they go out there and that shame translates into something else. Either they become criminals, or they start doing something outside of what was in their comfort zone. So the, those beautiful flowers that they had inside of their hearts start wilting. And and some of them, unluckily because South Africa can be one violent place, uh, uh, they come in coffins, you know, and some of them now have knife scars on their faces. You know, when I was talking about knife scars, you have the kids who went who went to South Africa as these beautiful flowers and came back with knife scars on their faces because they were leading such a rough life, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I the only opportunity that I get to ever speak to you is over the, you know, when doing the body viewing. <laughs> and so that has been the reality for many. People come back sick. People come back um in coffins. Uh, if you stand by the main road that... That is used to go out of the city to South Africa. I can tell you in a day you will count it is, is, is a couple of coffins coming in from South Africa. So that's what I was saying. You know, just remembering them as, as children, and remember remembering how some of them that trauma began when they were very small. You know, being beaten up by drunk drunken fathers, and when they played with us, you can see that this kid is terrified. But now all of you, you are kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> to to be a therapist at such a young age is is traumatic in in most of our small communities because all of these kids are therapists out there. You've got some kid in 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 the south side of Chicago right now who's trying to be a therapist to his yeah. eight-year-old friend. Because they just shot his brother, you know what I mean, or they they just cut off the water. So, so that's what I was saying there, and that's it's it's a difficult piece for me to perform because sometimes I I even choke on it mm. because I see them, you know. I I love to write things I see. My poetry is visual for the most part. So when mm. I'm looking at something, I see it. I, I'm I'm not sitting down first to say. I want it to look like this. No, I, I look at the feeling that I, I'm, I'm feeling. If mm-hmm. I'm sad, what is making me sad? Oh, it's this. Oh, my. Okay. Then I look at what my, what my mind does with that.
1: Well, let me ask I, this question. Let me ask this question. Do you think that a person can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? What do you think about that?
2: I feel that's impossible.
1: Tell me more.
2: They can be they be, they can be called someone who is a, a poetry technician. All right? right. But not a poet. I I I believe that this is to me, this is influenced by my own upbringing. It doesn't necessarily yes. have to apply. Yes. But I was surrounded by very spiritual people. Um uh, people who who had and a respect for the for for, for those who were passed on. For instance, mm-hmm. you know my grandfather. My grandfather was from Mozambique. Mm-hmm. He left for Zimbabwe when he was 16 years old. He was like out heading cattle one day and said, "This is not it," and just started walking with a group of friends to Zimbabwe and never never went back. So he never saw his parents again. Right. Wow. So, but he used to sit down, uh, we had this banana tree that he had planted, he used to sit down and take the leaves, uh, sometimes I believe that's why he, he planted that banana plant, <laughs> so he would take uh, that, that le- the leaves and then he would take cornmeal and put it on on, on top of it, right? Then he would s- sit down prostrate and start like with two hands cupped, he starts he starts talking to his ancestors in his language, Sena, you know, and he did that every week without fail, without fail. So I grew up among such people. I grew up amongst people where when we woke up in the morning, we had a person who interpreted dreams. Like we would sit there and this person, if you dreamed, they would interpret your dream for you, so we'd all be sitting there communally because we were a lot of us at the compound. We'll be sitting there and listening to this person uh, relay somebody else's dream, and we also weigh in. You know, people are weighing in, that the adults, and so that's how it was. It was very, very spiritual people—people people who are connected, whether it was through Christianity or whether it was through uh, ancestry. You're talking to, to the ancestors. You see what I mean? So the, yes. those, those dichotomies led me to believe that poetry had to be a spirit itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It led me to believe in that. And in mm-hmm. my research, it, it, as I've gone back to, to trace my whole history of how the Zikali claim came, came by, I came across a book from 1938, and it had this, this guy in it called him. Seven is Shaan Zikali. He was, the, he was the poet. He was chosen when he was 15 years old to go and live with a seer called Stigidigi. He lived with a seer so that they prepared him to be the, the, the poet in the king's court for the king of the Amangwane, who was uh, King Matiwan is Kali, from which my surname comes, the, the line of the Amangwane. You see what I mean? And so... Poetry was not just something you just write. It was something that possesses you. There's, a, there's an element of possession of, of this spirit. That's how I take it, that mm-hmm. I get possessed. And then this comes out. Because yes. sometimes I, I sit back and I look at it and I realize that I see layers and layers and I keep sitting back and watching it, reading it, and I'm seeing mm-hmm. layers and layers and I'm learning by myself. And so when I, and as, as, as I read into things, there are certain poems that I, I think back to, I'm like, oh, that was saying that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then uh, something else happens. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I already covered that, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And so mm-hmm. then I see in, in, in it a spirit that that's me. Because that's the communities that I, I, I've, I've grown in. I've seen poets as they are speaking in my I've seen them. I've seen them like go crazy doing poetry over a grave. Mm. You see what I mean? So, yes. So, so <laughs> it is so uh, negligent uh, to see poetry from one lens. It might mean that in, in, in certain places, but it could be a result of having had a written tradition for a long time and mm-hmm. having to, to have, have conventions on that written language and, and continuously uh, adopt or uh, discard certain things and certain expressions. You see what I mean? But
0: yes,
2: I do. with us, it's, it's spirit it's, it's spirit. That's how I can define it, unless when someone has actually gone through. I, I used to love literature. It was my favorite, favorite language, I mean, subject. Yes. I, I passed it. I mean, I, I did dismally in my ordinary levels. I was 16 years old. I was devastated because I wanted to go on and, and, do, um, and do literature at advanced level. But I didn't. Everything I knew got done when, when they gave me a D in literature. And even my teacher was shocked, said this is impossible. But, you know, that meant that everything that I've been doing to do with lit- literature, as understood in the Western context, is self-taught from 16 years old. Because I never, ever got to do literature in a formal place again. But if you, if you trace it back, eight years before, I was 16. What did I do? I won a poetry certificate. Before I even knew, that means as a kid, I was seeing these things. I was possessed by these things. You see what I mean? I was yes. possessed by that power of poetry. And I think, I think it gives me great pleasure to speak of it that way. Than Mm -hmm. to speak of poetry is just something that I do. I I do a hobby of poetry. No, no, I am called to be a poet. I have a calling of poetry. Because where I come from, where it's about extended family, Mm -hmm. the poet, by virtue of you being a poet, that's like, oh my, now we are are good. We have someone who is going to calm our feelings down at, at, at the worst moment. We have someone who can say, hey, we know that this very great man just passed away, but let's say these great things about him to remind the society, do not despair, because this person is still with us. Let us try to choose another person and groom these young people so that they become leaders of tomorrow. You know, that kind of thinking. So the poet no longer becomes just someone who is a technician of words. They become someone who is a vehicle of, of the, the greater voice that the community uh, trusts in, of the greater intimate secrets that the society uh, holds, holds dear. And the brave one, when there are certain things that could be too touchy. You see what I mean? So yes. those roles, all of those roles, I feel that they they are possible to capture in a book to write it down. If you are mm-hmm. genuinely possessed by the spirit too, they become something beautiful. But I believe that you know when it's narcissistic and it's just about a pursuit of of being the greatest poet ever mm-hmm. and writing the best words in the world then you are just being a, a, a flamboyant technician of the word.
1: Well, speaking of a vehicle, please drive us in another pool.
2: Okay. So this one I wrote about my son. This one is very dear to me. It's called Letter to My Son and All the Black Boys. My son, Dotanayam. Nayam, I wish you mountains that stoop down and crumble the tufts of hair on their crown to create beach sand for shores that this world will not stumble into when dare to pollute. Where the music of ancient fruits is trebbed in shells that populate its blanket of pebbles and stones which when thrown against the surface of the ocean with each bouncing motion whistle back the secrets of the snails that died inside them carrying hell on their backs and heaven inside their hearts. Those who are said to have slowed down deliberately and sacrificed themselves so their shells can become refuge for the songs whose melodies are now known for guiding the bruised hips of lost slave ships back home. My son, I wish you to speak bright words the way light was named, with sound in attendance. And that I live long enough for the chance to tell you the story of how light and sound learned to dance for the first time, trapping the universe in a trillion light years of rhythm. Lord Anaya, I wish that as you whisper your own name, you believe it. That each letter inside it is a feather inside the largest wing to ever host the wind. And that when you fly, you're not distracted, fighting that wind but just enjoying the area of you. My son, I want to take all the insults of this world on your behalf so that you find half the world's untruths about black boys already shelved in a bunker somewhere. I would have walked back and forth into time To collect each falsehood and hold it captive in the underworld. Not to burn a single one, but to remind you that another generation would soon need you to collect the other half. Make sure the collection is complete, then have a bonfire and invite the neighbors. All singing together, school of a racist. My son. I wish your teenage eyes will take long walks inside the hallways of history begging to be written and that those that died greeting their teeth while holding onto olive branches can see you plant seeds and be proud. And that seeing new hunger to no more disarms their spirits and charms them into forgiving the trees from which the spears that dug into their chests were carved. My son, I wish you the rarest form of love. The one that plays catch with itself, throwing boomerang kisses at the sky, knowing the love will come back, glowing with the remnants of dying stars, and that each tiny sparkle of those dying stars will hustle, hustle its way back into the sky and become a fully blown sun. Daughter, I am... I wish that you remember that the hourglass will always be a desert full of seconds, taken away until you're brave enough to shatter the glass and find water. Because that's what I wish for you. I wish you water to flow towards the future, like hip-hop, like poetry. My son, I wish you an elephant's memory so that you remember to forget what they did to me. Write that death to ancestry. Find your identity. But more than anything, my son, I wish that you remember that you are royalty. Magnificent. Thank you. You know, when I first heard
1: you, it was your booming. And distinctive voice that first drew me in. So, what I'd like to know is, what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written
2: voice? If there the is a relationship. relationship, the relationship is is from actually a very um, unfortunate position that I find myself in. Okay, talk to me because. What I'm doing with my voice, the, the cadence, all yes. of that, I am taking it exactly from the poems in my tradition of, of you know, in, in my mm-hmm. literary tradition. That's how they, if I were to play you and develop poet and you hear how they project, you'd find the similarities. Except that I've had to slow down so that I I make sure people listen to me. I, I often find it very uncomfortable to try to be fast-paced. I know I can do it, but I know that in certain spaces, it gives people the excuse to say, I didn't hear what you said. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, start, I started thinking, you know what? I'm going to accept slowing down my literary tradition, but I am going to keep the intonation I am going to keep the expressiveness because the one thing about all kind of griot from Africa is that with each, whichever whichever community and whatever name they used for griot whichever mm-hmm. community since most of these cultures were founded on on the oral it had to be remembered Part of the active, of, of ensuring that active listening would have been buttressed by another, another sensitivity is that the performer had to perform. They had to be colorful. They had to, to, unlike the written tradition where I can say, I'll go back to that page. You might never go back to it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It might be told to you once and never again. But now, because those uh, freestyle traditions are now aided by the, by the pen and the paper, we are now able to write them down and remember them for another day. We are now able to uh, immortalize them. Because I believe, actually, you know, for me, I believe they were immortalized better in the past. Mm-hmm. because they involved people really thinking with their hearts than just saying, I'm going to pick up a book anytime I want and go back to the poems of who and who. You know, that's strong too, of course. I'm, I'm not bashing the literary, tr- I mean, the written literature. I'm just mm-hmm. saying um, the fact that anyone can have their book and just be by themselves, to themselves, in their bedroom and whatever with their book of the same author. Yes, we might all be influenced by the same author, but when we hear it at the same time together and we share, we where we are saying, oh, we want to go and hear that poet. You knew you had to go and hear them because they were speaking orally. You didn't mm-hmm. have a book elsewhere. You yes. know, you had to go. So that person had to also employ certain, certain things in there. That's why most of the poetry comes with musicians. It, like mm-hmm. they all collaborate. You'll have the musicians... Mm-hmm. You'll have, as the poet is, 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 is performing, you, you have the, the mothers and the grandmothers, ululating. you know, <laughs> you know, also playing their part in, in, in giving the poet like this, you know, we call it but it's like this feeling of like, oh yes, yes, I feel it now in my bones, so they also yes. go into all of these contortions <laughs> with their language and they're jumping up and down maybe at the time they're carrying a spear and they're carrying a shield, so he's jumping with the shield in the air and putting the spear down then lifting it up, you know what I mean? Like re- really being theatrical so that, Well, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest
1: When I heard you the very first time, I was—I had never ever heard a person that sounded like me. Wow! (laughs) Yes, that's
0: amazing. Because you, (laughs) to be quite honest, (laughs) you give it
1: all in your work. Oh, every every guttural utterance is important. And for me, that's always been important in my work. I want you to feel it. I want you to have like vicariously immerse yourself in my experience. Mm-hmm. I had never heard anybody else do that. And I had always felt like, oh, Michael, you're so different. You're wrong. You shouldn't <laughs> give your entire essence to your work. But when I heard you, my friend, I said, I'm not wrong to do that. Here's this man. He is embracing himself. He's embracing his emotionality. And I thought it was absolutely incredible. So...
2: I, I just had to share that. I that. I appreciate that. I <laughs> really
1: And then, I'm going to change some of my work, man. To, so you see what I'm talking
2: say, about. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd love. There are many out there, you know. I don't know if yes. you, if you heard some of them. I'll invite you to some of these other spaces, right? You know. I love that. Uh, you have. Uh, I just met this guy called CP Mays. Ooh. <laughs> amazing, amazing! Right. Like the thunderous <laughs> and present, and yes. each word means something. is mm-hmm. elemental. You have people like ray Regen. You have people like Spongo. You, you mm-hmm. know, like these expressive. Uh, and there's something <laughs> I feel like there is there is a mutual respect that yes. exists between spoken word artists and much so. uh, people who Very write much down. So. <laughs> and, and I think if, 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 they, if, they, if they listen to each other more, there won't be uh, any like, uh, elitist way of approaching spoken word by the spoken word people and elitist way of approaching written uh, literature by the written literature people. There will be a mutual understanding that we are doing pretty much the same thing uh but there are conventions that exist with, with both of them but they are all because i also do written right mm-hmm. I, I write yes. I, I i i write my poetry that i don't normally perform the ones that i perform i write them as, as kind of like uh prose poetry so yes. that i'm able to feed in uh to feed in certain emotions into them i have to see an emotion popping out if i don't see it then I know that I've gone too too written, you know? Then I have to remove it.
1: (laughs) Well, for me, I've always felt that my work translated better orally, to be quite honest. And Mm -hmm. I want every moan that I make in my poems to Mm -hmm. resonate, Mm -hmm.
0: to be heard.
1: Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. for me, that's critically important as I share about my own individual story. But also as I share about the stories of people who look like me and Mm. some who don't look like me, but it's Mm. so important for me to moan, to to just let it out, to just, I coined this term so many years ago, to metaphorically scream.
2: Oh, nice, nice. Yes. I I love Uh, it. I love it. Metaphorically scream. Metaphorically
1: scream. To just get it out of your system. Scream
2: through Mm. metaphor. true true metaphor i like that (laughs) yeah well well, the other thing you also you are historically a griot oh (laughs) wow (laughs) that's that's the other thing you are you have to yeah you you have to really i think i think now we are in an in an age of like such beautiful enlightenment that's happening. yes that it is very easy to tap into things it's very easy to tap into things not not, not, not the fact that you might survive the tapping in because sometimes you mm-hmm. might tap in and it might drain you and you might not want to come back from it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you want to come back from it and not want to return to it. But I believe that right now, if we really tapped into saying, for instance, if you ask yourself, why do I have this? This uh, why do I always lean towards wanting to be heard orally, wanting to hear every more? What mm-hmm. if I'm actually related to a Griot? You know, mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. I found this book, when I found this book, the 1938 book of this poor poet called Musaviansi, the one who was trained at 15 to be in the king's court. Mm-hmm. That's directly, that's that's lineage, because we we say that we share the same totems and surname. So, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what if? What if there is this e- 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 spirit that reincarnates in my, in my lineage? You see what I mean? These things are yes. not light things. They mm. have to mean something because it, it, there are certain poems I write and I step out of it. Like I wasn't even aware as I was writing. I was just like kind of zoning out. Yes. And then I come out of it and I realize, especially when I'm writing for, for prompts, you know, mm. when I write a prompt for, for, for a certain recitation, or just online, there's something that happens there. And in the end, I'm, I'm, I'm completely mesmerized by what I wrote. But, but then the other thing, my major, my major thing that I do, just when I wake up, I'll write down my dream if it was that big. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I'll write down exactly what I saw in my dream. And then as I look at it again, the poem flies out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because those those dreams are like these fragmented thoughts, these fragmented slabs of magic flying at you, you know, like just anything, anything happening, you know, a black hole, you know, giving up the shooting stars once again, you seeing all of these things, you know, everything being taken out of context and being taken beyond context. That's the dreamland, right? And when, I, when it was so memorable, I don't allow myself to forget it. I write it down. And it, there are so many poems that, like, some of them that you hear, that, that you see me post on Facebook, or mm-hmm. uh, like when I do those short forms. Sometimes they are dreams. Oh, wow. I would have dreamed it. And then I, I'm like, oh, wow, that, that, that's what happened in that dream. It was this guy who had a sword and he chopped off, he chopped off a, a flower. Okay, you know, what, what's symbolic in that? Why, what, what did the flower do to, to his environment? And was the flower an enemy disguised as a flower? Was that, you know, like letting my mind just go? And when I mm-hmm. let my mind go, the poem writes itself. So I'm just like now just <laughs> writing. And uh, you know what I mean? It, because yes, it's, 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 it's a spirit. You are just a vessel. You are just a vessel. And wanting to do it orally is a voice that's recreate, that's constantly being recreated in the universe through you. You know what I mean? That the universe is always trying to throw, throw these beautiful secrets from up there and has found you to express it orally. And then throws everything with the emotion, builds it up into this beautiful voltron and just places it in your spirit and boom. You let go of, 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 of that emotion orally. You let go of it through the moans. You let go. You, you know what I mean?
1: Well, you know, I'm not sure you knew this, but my background is in mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm a retired professor of counseling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would travel the country through the use of poetry, mm-hmm. building empathy in relationships through poetry.
0: hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: So when you shared your piece about your son in terms of relationships and empathy, again, it was, it was very, very touching. And what I wanted to know is, does it hurt you to write poetry, given what you know about the world? If not, why not?
2: I think it, it hurts me not to write poetry. Mm-hmm. There was a period where I was obsessed with tragic poetry. Oh really? But but now, now. How would you How would you
1: define tragic poetry? Tell me
2: more. Well, well, for me, um, for me, it just meant always being despondent in my approach to 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 life. Mm -hmm. Always being uh, sad, like irrevocably sad, to write. Okay. It, you know it, it it led me in loops as as a young man because there were times where I feel that without realizing it, I was starting to look for tragedy to be able to write oh, you see what i mean yes I was looking for 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 situations that left me if i couldn't find them, it was observing what what's What's going on in the world and becoming incredibly saddened by it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and so for me, it it it's it just that that suffering, that uh, loathing over failed relationship, that um, fear of of ter- terrible apocalyptic things happening, kept me writing. You see what I mean. Mm-hmm. And Now, after after a long period of 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 uh, personal problems, and also a very very a very you know torrid time in my life, yes, where I wasn't even writing. I did not want to do. I didn't want anything to do with poetry Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. I did not want to listen to music. I I even, like, didn't listen to music a lot during that period. Like, I just did not want any of it, you know? Um, Until something happened, like, just something happened and just say, you know, wake up, wake up. You know what I mean? Wake up. And that's when, from that waking up and that saying, "I, I need Zom Konto back. And then starting to... Fall into like like this, this book from 1938, the one I'm telling you about. So this book was was recorded by uh, this guy's uh, nephew, right? Called Albert Chuan, who was a, at that time a missionary. So this was around 1938, and there's a picture of the poet I'm talking about. He was in his nineties, so he was reciting this while it's the other guy who had the written tradition was writing it down his nephew was a missionary so mm-hmm. he was actually speaking orally while this guy is writing it down talking about the history the history of of the uh, amangwane uh, people the amangwane nation he was saying it as as poem so basically this very thick book that I came across is full of poems from this one guy, which are disguised as the history of Amangwan. He was just freestyling. And most of the book reads as poetry. It's completely poetry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it changed me. I was like, maybe, maybe I was being led into the very spirituality of what Zomkonto represents, because that's my totem. Yes. And so... I I I feel a greater responsibility when I'm using my totem.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I feel a greater responsibility to what it should represent. So that's why I find myself asking these very very personal intimate questions about human nature,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and stripping stripping human feeling to its very very uh, vulnerable, but then. <sighs> Presenting somehow a hope, presenting somehow an, an angle for mental wellness. Yes Presenting an angle for an inquiry that does not leave the person I'm talking to completely helpless. Mm-hmm. Because now that I'm using my totem, I realize that, 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 that walking back into the responsibility. Of me being somebody, my name Bonisi, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mbonisi means him who lives with light, mm-hmm. or him who helps others see. And in the naming of children back home, people will name you, giving you what we call aviso uh, elikulumayo, a talking name, so that when I hear Bonisi. I hear a talking name, or him who lives with light, him who helps others see, and it helps me see too, because those moments of those moments of insight that come from the poems I write help me see too. You know, so mm-hmm. that talking name helps me see to to walk back to say mbonisi you're in darkness right now. Walk away from it. By walking yeah. towards your name. Because you are him who leads with light. Wow. You have a responsibility. You know, I named my son Ziwelanga. <clears throat> Ziwelanga means home of the sun. I, w- I wanted him to know that no matter how much darkness you go through in life, you- your heart will always be the home of the sun. You are always going to be the home of the sun. So you always have light inside you. And so I want him to walk into his talking name on days that he, he filled down you know please share another poem okay uh this one (laughs) this one uh from from the love from the letter to my son this one is my love letter to africa it's called if it were up to me if it were up to me africa would have declared its existence in a whisper but our humanity is like loudspeakers, so colorful and loud, that the outside world year to take more than just pictures. Erected systems that stripped us of ourselves while claiming to hide our nakedness made us victims of the sickness that severed, severed our connectedness. And as they undressed us, octopus hands patted us down as if we had stolen our birthright. And that's somewhere in the deep pockets of our melanin, They would find graves so dark, so black like our skin, to bury us in. If it were up to me, each campus point would confess to the biographies lost at gunpoint, give up the totems of each broken slave, surrender each wave that leapt out of the sea to wipe off their names torn from the back of trees where countless were hung from tips of their merry tongues. Each campus point would confess To the coordinates of those maps That dug furrows edged Permanently on our conscience But silenced by our songs and dances Naked drums Scattered across the atlas Echoing different flavors of blackness Dancing to the beat of our own Humanity so colorful and loud Way before tongue-in-cheek Speeches from leeches that Justified empire's riches Way before tired screeching Midnight lynchings and wise teachers missing from the classrooms of each generation only if it was up to me oh but pray that it is not up to me (laughs) i ask tormenting questions i might ask who weaponized my identity how many college degrees does it take to be free who holds the master key but honestly, deep down, all I want to ask is simply what hand guides the blue now from Ethiopia, Sudan, then Egypt? Is there some database above or below that holds the footprint and glow of the entire Bantu people whose noses are bridges to the breath of ancient times? I want to ask to the Koisen hide medicines that have never been found ever since. Ever since healers changed their names and their scepters changed hands. As curious the eyes of those that have dreamed of the motherland they never been, or the African with muscle who idolizes Scarface in a hustle that he never wins. If you have ever watched an African child play, you would know that all the artificial intelligence could not compute even a minute fraction of the innocence. We all wish upon a star in a reality that tempers with our galaxy until our universe is the black market of what it used to be. But I still know of some who, if it were up to them, they would invest all their savings for this craving to be free to be free like the voices of the griot in Mali that shoulder secrets of ancients. Free the way the hills that surround Kigali in Rwanda carry tea plantations of infinite wonder. Free like arrows from hundreds of the Hadza people in Tanzania that stay elephants in the eyes and wipe away their memory. Free like birds made of soft stone from the Zimbabwe ruins which fly into the lucid dreams of young men like love letters from the dead. Free to dream the dream of Miriam Makeba, Patrice Lumumba, Nina Simone, <laughs> Thomas Sankara, Pila Ndwantwe,
1: Marcus Gavi, Wangari Matari, Ya Asantewa, Queen Vima,
2: Ken Saruwiwa, Joshua Mkavugonkomo, Winnie Mandela, and all the dreamers combined. And as clear of mind as Dr. Samuel Achilefu, the Nigerian scientist that developed the glasses that see cancer cells, the deep wells of all the aspirations underneath our breasts and our chest, screaming, it's up to us, it's up to us, it's up to us.
0: Home. Wow. <laughs> oh, let's
1: take a brief break. <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingro.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm here with Zampkato. Sir, how are you? How are you feeling? Oh,
2: I'm good. Oh, I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling I'm good. good. I, I realized, yeah, I, I realized I hadn't I had, in the head, you know, conversation about poetry in a long time, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I think, because so much has evolved, you
0: know. Yes. Earlier <laughs> on, we
2: were also trying so hard to try and, 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 uh, and make heroes out of, uh, out of certain forms of poetry and create, uh, you know, a, a certain... We were shutting ourselves out of our own potential at one time. And I think as I've grown older, I've now realized um, out, of, out of my brokenness, the only poetry that could heal me was through going back to the source, you know? Mm. I know I write in English, but I always tell people this, just translate it and see if it doesn't do the very same thing, (laughs) you know? Just translate it because that's poetry, right? The poetry is not the language. The poetry has its own, you know, linguistic (laughs) truth, (laughs) you know? The The poem can be taken and translated into so many languages and save someone. So far away If it was written in the language he's used to Or, well, me, you know it, it's just, Let me ask it, you it, it, yes. Well, let me ask you this
1: <laughs> Let me ask you this So much You know, translations are a part of it So much is happening in our world So mm. much All over the world, there's something going on And as I've mm-hmm. shared before There's the good, the bad, the ugly As well as the indifferent There's so much mm-hmm. So
0: much mm-hmm.
1: what do you view as being the role of a poet in modern day society I, I
2: i think i think the poet in modern day society doesn't change okay talk to me because poetry is still going to respond to a, a general sense of brokenness so it. it's just circumstances that change. It's just a new way of doing things that changes. But it doesn't it doesn't mean people are not feeling despair the way others might have felt despair five thousand. You know you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Uh, people it, it doesn't mean that people have not uh, gone to a certain level of of joy. <laughs> you know whether they were they were on a horse or in a in a buggy somewhere and now they are in a in a jet or they are in a, they are in, in in the subway train you know it's 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 always going to be joy regardless so the poet just has to keep those traits about themselves to be able to 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 write in this secret beautiful language that takes emotions and gives them, you know, and, and gives them wings. Uh, it's, it, it doesn't matter what kind of poet you are or what style of poetry you do, but whoever gets to enjoy that, whether it's you yourself, it, it's, it's always going to be the same role. Be there with words. Be there and be the magician with words. Because to be able to, to transcend the normal way of speaking and pull out, be sensitive enough to... I say that poetry is, is a chance to bring forth what might have been overlooked for its uh, greater, greatest quality. <laughs> you know, with a poem, you can really look at a flower, and say, oh, these these yellow petals look like me to be like uh, seven suns in a circle. You know what I mean? Yes. Seven uh, suns in a circle in the dawn called a a garden. You know, now you've got got something. Oh, seven suns in a circle in a a pre-dawn called a a garden. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know? Now Mm -hmm. you have pulled out a certain sensitivity. You have seen with an extra set of eyes. That's what a poet will always be there to do, to see with an extra set of eyes, to feel with an extra set of hands, to hear with an extra set of ears, you know, to, to just strip down emotion into its, raw, into its rawest and be able to reach into the depth, the, the, the very depth of human feeling, that's the power of the poet and they're always going to be able to do that as as long as there are still emotions to be felt whether we are in this century or or back then the only thing that can change perhaps is how we we relate to each other and i think it's been wonderful that right now you are in washington dc yeah, right right. Yeah. you know what i mean so i i believe that that's that's where the role of the poet can can be strengthened we can actually come together and interact some more you come up with festivals that bring all of us together come up with ways to to say oh you know just, just like uh, t.a niles was doing recently with the you know poetry against hunger you know yes. bringing people yes. together for such causes so we are now able, through social media, to actually be so connected and, you know, there is no longer a middleman. I, I no longer have to, to, to accidentally stumble on your book at the library if they happen to order it physically. No, I can actually go on your website. I can I can call you up. I can meet you in a I can meet you in a Zoom. You know it's just incredible it's what we so, can do it's now. Sure. It's so <laughs> incredible what you can do now. And it's done yes, for me. Is.
1: Yes. I enjoy talking to you.
0: <laughs> oh, I enjoy talking to you too I my can tell boy. you You've got
1: to get it out tonight You've got to <laughs> say <laughs> I
2: enjoy I talking you, to you, you, you a, You're bringing it horse. out
1: <laughs> Your questions you are
2: such beautiful questions I, I truly appreciate it I do
1: Let me ask you this So often you hear that poetry Helps the voiceless Find their voice Alright Alright mm-hmm based on what I know about life. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. such a hard thing to do, to find your voice. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: How do you feel about, can poetry, and maybe you've said it before, just, maybe I just need to hear you say it again, can mm. it help you find your voice? If you're feeling voiceless, can it truly help you find your voice?
2: Yes, 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 yes. Poetry, poetry is, is funny in this way. Because each and every one of us is a poet. Each and every one of us is living an experience that can be written about. Or, or that can be recited. Each and every one of us. No matter how depraved or no matter how silent, that silence also can be written about. Like that man over there, that woman you see sitting over there is always silent and not speaking a word. What happened? Mm-hmm. Then you, you chip away at it. You find out, oh, actually, they lived in a, in a war. Uh, they lost their two sons in a war, and, and they were silenced ever since. So now you have opened a portal as a poet, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say you, you now recite this at, at, at a mental health convention, right? Yes. And you really tug at someone's heartstrings who perhaps wanted to implement certain change that you mentioned in your poem Mm -hmm. and just did not know how to put it in the words that it's needed. For the next four conventions, that person is going to say, you know, uh, like Dr. Ingram said in his poem that I will now quote, he said this. (laughs) You see now, what, what have you done? You have moved the conversation forward through your poems. But then, what then happens in, 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 in you know, the, the, the coincidences of this world, what then happens is somewhere in the ether, the universe conspires to make that woman be part of a policymaking team that will come up with the mental health interventions for, for, for survivors of, uh, of, you know, of, of PTSD from wars. And then it so happens that one of the beneficiaries is that woman who's silent that you wrote a poem about. I, I, wow. I always, you know, opt to think that way because mm-hmm. I, I, giving a voice, it, it does not necessarily have to be giving a voice to people in a, in a, in a condescending way. A poet is mm-hmm. not someone who condescends. A poet wow. is someone who, if needed, shrinks into the background and allows the voice to go forth for them not to become the i, I don't want people to say you are the voice of the voiceless it, it, it mm-hmm. just sounds to me it it, it it sounds too self-serving i prefer okay. that uh that you are amongst the voiceless but you are the lucky one who always uh, who is always loud and wow. in in your loudness you you are able to to use words in a mind-bending way that comes back to whatever everyone else who never got to speak was actually thinking, but they couldn't have put it in, in your words, right? If somebody who was sad and depressed um, wanted their depression to be expressed a certain way, you'll get someone who write a poem that hits exactly to, to the root <laughs> of it. Or if they don't understand the poem itself, they might, they might hear it through a song from a singer who was inspired by that poem, and then the singer goes on to sing it in the format that you are going to appreciate. Everything is interconnected. We are poets as part of a network of, of poetry that is expressed in other forms. Some people are engineers, and they build, build these uh, wonderful things that end up ferrying people who wanted to go and donate to a food bank. Uh, or some people, are, you know, all of us, some people work with water and that person becomes, like, you know, this environmentalist who was inspired by this certain poet and can say, according to the words of this poet, blah, 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 blah. That's why I went out there and I started saving whales. All of it is interconnected. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yes, I agree. Because, see, to
1: me. And I've said this before, and I've talked about it throughout the country, wherever I've lectured, Mm -hmm. wherever, is that if you can't understand another person's story, Mm -hmm. attempt to resonate with the feelings that go along with that story, because it's Mm -hmm. a universal commonality in terms of our feelings.
0: Mm -hmm. We all Mm -hmm. know
1: sadness. We all know happiness,
0: Mm -hmm. up and down.
1: That's where Mm -hmm. you can potentially start in terms of building a relationship with another person. And to me, that's Mm -hmm. what empathy is. That's what empathy is. Now, let me ask you this. Let's imagine for a moment, my friend, Mm -hmm. that a poem is like a cake. All right?
2: It's like a cake.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. So what ingredients would you put into the concoction that we call a poem if it's like a cake? What would you put into it?
2: okay, um to make it <laughs> um, I would say empathy okay <laughs> all right I would say uh observation all right um not being scared to feel, okay, beautiful, all right. Now are you um,
1: sharing with me from your heart what you're thinking,
2: or are you say yes. using words? No, no. I'm, 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 I'm sharing from my heart what <laughs> okay. you think, what you're <laughs> feeling, because nothing can <laughs> ever image nothing. There is no greater yeast for a poem than to feel. Yes. Otherwise, what kind of cake are we baking here? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So without feelings without feelings then the yeast there's no there's nothing to hold everything together. So you have to really feel. You I, know? Like I like so, that. So and, and um, oh. ability to be vulnerable,
1: mm-hmm.
2: ability to be angry,
1: yes,
2: ability to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. ability to to admonish yourself mm-hmm. ability to love because whether you've you've felt loveless or you've done things that have made other people feel unloved, there has been a process of the giving or the refusal of love. So when love is present you can talk about its absence because you you, you know you, you, when love is is there you can talk about its absence too with with authority if you can feel it if you can feel its absence it's still it's still a writing about love you know
1: let, let me ask you i've listened to you now for an hour and a half <laughs> <laughs> and i'm wondering
2: Do you live your life like it's a poem? I don't intentionally live my life like it's a poem. I just think that I have been possessed by poetry for too long for it not to be a feature in in my worldview, you know, (laughs) and in my universe view, because not not everything is a worldview. You know, my worldview is dulled sometimes by things that I have no control over. Uh, that that I have to I, I can't I can't all, all of a sudden in 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 a board meeting you know be like hey guys let me express this in a poem you know <laughs> i wish well, i would
1: it doesn't work, I it, wish
2: doesn't I work. <laughs> it sounds good on paper but it does it doesn't yeah work. it does it sounds so good but you know they'll look at you and That's be so planning right. to to replace you slowly they're like you know what
0: i think dr ingram
2: Either we, we get some therapy for a guy because we don't want to lose him, but this poetry in the boardroom thing is kind of like, you know, freaking us out. <laughs> well, let me ask this question before we do
1: that. We're going to run on time. What surprises you most? You say poetry is a calling, is a part of your being, is uh-huh. a part of your essence. What mm-hmm. surprises you most of being a storyteller, a poet, What surprises, a spoken word artist, what surprises you most,
2: my friend? What what surprises me most is actually what hasn't happened. What do you mean? In in my poetic journey. Because it's always, like for for instance, there was a time when I was not aware that the poem about my son would fly out. Okay. You know what I mean? That I would would have this poem as my crutch for certain things that I wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been able to, to, to go past, you know, because there have been moments where I, I think of my son and I, I, you know, I start to despair. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, but I
2: when I do that poem and I remember exactly what I said in it and the kind of way I, 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 I volunteered myself to take all of the insults of this world on his behalf, that mm. already gives me comfort <laughs> you know what i mean yes. that that, yes. that puts a blanket of protection over him because i'm like i am ready i'm going to take those insults i did not know how much i needed that poem until it appeared and i'm like wow this is in front of me and then then i heard the way that people were responding to it because some mm. people were like this is about my sons too yes that's why i decided to to say later to my to my son and all black boys Mm -hmm. because that experience transcends just my son it's about the 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 the, the truth that i know that i'm going to have to completely slowly always introduce to him about Mm -hmm. hey you know if you come here there's a possibility that someone will be racist to you if Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh yes i do all of that so so that, that fact that I could praise him in the poem and, mm-hmm. and, and tell him exactly what I want for him, I never knew that that, that, that poem was going to do that. And so there are certain poems that are still unwritten. This is what surprises me, that I know mm-hmm. that they, they, they still hunger inside of this poetic spirit that flows inside of me to say mm-hmm. something that will change me too. Because yes. I'm also... I'm also in, 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 in that, I, I feel like I'm, I'm lying back in, in, in that seat, you know, in the therapist room, and that therapist is my poetry. It happens oh, wow. that way too. So, mm-hmm. so I'm also in that room too, and I'm, and I'm also, I am the primary target of some of the things that I say. Because yes. my observation of this means that there's some, there's some kind of feeling that I have to attend to myself. I I I never knew how to control it back then, but now I uh, now this new revelation or this new side of Zomkondo that that I reclaimed is now a way that I in my poems are also now my way of treating myself. It's, I'm healing myself. I don't want to wait for for the world to to always be reaching out with some kind of healing. I want to start the healing at home, so that if mm. I if 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 anything was to was was to be so threatening, I first start off with my poems. That's why it's in, I wish that the world was such that poets could travel with their poetry, so that mm-hmm. they achieve, Their chief uh, concern is doing the poems, the, the healing. That's that's for them, and the healing that's for others. Where there is so much respect to a poet that it's not about oh we are we, we are getting entertainment for 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 these ten minutes and then here is your check, you leave and there's no connection. No, where poet when they arrive, people are like woo, 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 woo. the poet <laughs> is here, you know? And um, there's yeah. all not, not to make you arrogant, but yes, to make I you remember that I am valued. Because there are so many poets right now who who are Giving so much of themselves and their lives uh, uh at a point where if they had the courage to tell us that they are in a huge bind would all come together and lift each other up because we know well you can't let a poet fall we would all just be having this recurring fun where hey my other sister over there hey they are about to kick her out Poets unite let's go you know <laughs> kind of thing where we value poetry to that level where you can't let a poet go without because those are not words. That's magic. Well, we've almost come to the end, I can't believe it,
0: of
1: our poetic journey. But I would like, you to, like to give you the opportunity to share one final piece with us. I'd love that. Okay. I'm sure the audience would too. All right.
2: Okay. All right. Um, this one is called Today I Almost Refused to Remember You. <laughs> Today I Almost Refused to Remember You. I shattered the windows of memory, forgetting that windows are not glass, but the space that remains when the glass is shattered. I forgot that when we throw stones at our own glass houses, they pile up and form headstones right at the front of our door, and the world wonders why sometimes we wake up to love and all its suggestions, and several unmarked graves of questions. I almost refuse to remember your name. I forgot that windows are not glass, but the empty space that remains when the glass is now a sharp heap of cuts for wounds of the gut that will bleed only on the inside, the heart drowning in its own blood. This empty space that has left me vulnerable to gusts of wind, scattering your love letters across my conscience, picking up speed with every breath that I breathe, making me wish I could not read, but all my years in class seem to have prepared me for this day, where I understand even the hidden, unwritten meanings in all of this. I try to unlearn the alphabet at the same speed that your love letters form their own and you 26 letters for words that make it crystal clear. The whole thesis of why you're here, it won't even need me to be literate to realize that it's deliberate. It's deliberate because you know damn well that I can read the writing (laughs) on the wall. We formed our own language, remember? Yes, it says you are not day at all in large print. Even my mother who never spent a day of school in her lifetime took the hint. It is as if someone you picked out of a lineup translated this perfect crime up to the second that everyone who is able to see what the pain of you living did to me then without learning its lesson. I forgot that windows are not like prison glass that never shatters. So when I throw a rock at your memory, it reveals you afresh to me. As if saying, get off the phone. I'm here. Touch my elusive face. As if saying I was free to let you imprison me again. In your lies. In my lies. The web of lies that we told each other. I almost refuse to remember you and i try to walk out of it all of it but now every shop that i know in my radius is selling your favorite dress and i could save up and buy every one of those evil things and burn them but you are dead certain that i could not convince you to remove the one you wear in my mind and if you did your nakedness is a living statue that i would not need that i would need another lifetime to a brute. And I think my mistake was that when I had decided to let go of you initially, I accidentally pegged myself inside my own bag so I could not leave. You just threw them right back in your closet. And the more that I screamed, that I screamed to be released, the more that I seemed to fold. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to say. So
1: I'm kind of You know, I was feeling really low at the beginning of the program, so much is going on in my own personal world. Uh, But listening to you, you poured poetry into me, and I drank, and I drank, and I drank, and I feel so much better. I want to thank you
2: for that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And, I mean, everything happens for a reason. Yes, it does. So, So this interview was for a reason.
0: And I'm glad.
2: And that reason, this is the power of poetry. That that reason could have actually been that you now feel better. Yes, very much. So. <laughs> it I could agree. have just I been agree. that. <laughs> it could have just been the universe, it's yes. just the universe saying, just for this moment, we are going to disguise, we are going to disguise um, some medicine in an interview because you know this has been medicine to me too. You see, well, so you have also, you have saved me medicine because I didn't realize <laughs> how much I had bottled up about poetry. And yes. uh, I'm mostly saying these things in my head, but you allowed mm-hmm. me to bring these, these, these from outside of my head. So I feel lighter Very too. Good. I feel better. And thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Well, you,
1: you used the word universe. And there is a lot of synchronicity because I was going to share with you that mm. I believe that you are a gift from God.
2: To the poetic universe. Oh, and, oh and, um, those are those are strong words, my brother. I only I'm, say I'm what I humbled. Mean. I'm humbled. I
1: only say what I
2: mean. I'm too old to tell lies <laughs> to <It, it, laughs> make people it, feel
0: good.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and the feeling is the feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual because you, you you wouldn't have gone through all of this labor for all of this time that you have gone into into poets' lives. And, mm-hmm. and, and you have allowed them to bring out their stories. That is a superpower there. You oh, see, wow. that's a superpower because not too many people do that. Wow. So you have a gift of bringing people in towards you to tell their story. So that's a huge gift. That's actually a huge, huge calling because you are both poet and also a magnet for poets' stories and their revealing of their of their chapters and, 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 and their beliefs and you know, so yes. So that's that's a wonderful calling a double calling right there to be both the poet <laughs> and the ones who bring, the one who brings poets together. Well so, thank you sir. Uh, stay, stay inspired <laughs> always
1: You stay inspired and I'd like you to come back in two thousand twenty three. We'll have to make that happen.
2: Oh, I I'll <laughs> love you. I, I, I'll, I'll certainly love you. I, I love you. But I do yes. want
1: to know, I do want to know, are you sharing from memory or these are written down right now?
2: This is just from no, memory. No, I, I, I'm, I'm reading them from the computer. <laughs> yes. But then, but then um, I, I'm only doing that so that I do not uh, I get tempted because some of them I, 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 I'm yet to really, because I'm building it's a it's a story. It's a vision. It's my whole body throwing myself into these things. Yes. I have yes. to take I have to take time to feel them and express them. So that's that's kind of like the phase that I'm going to, through right now, and that I do not take lightly. I am you know getting these into my system and really trying to absorb them. Let them get into my bloodstream. Let yes. them get into my heart, into my veins, so that. I, you know that's why i i i hope that eventually i start touring uh mm. where i can where i can come and bring these to other poets and also learn from other poets what what they do uh because most of my memorizing was easier when uh when i was doing hip-hop you know okay so, oh, wait, so... <laughs> oh yeah you are the hypocrisy <laughs> could never imagine another african harmony the agony or believing we're living in harmony democracy suddenly turns to a laughable fallacy anarchy could it possibly be part of the prophecy or simply someone taking a poor Africa's gross of his nation the roses his uh burning the property could this mean that we totally been planted by poverty children of the same ovaries born of royalty given these galaxies and yet fighting over these territories pardon me i might be falsely conceived as the nemesis choose the courtesy of artistry for all its benefits imagine this on television or paper centerpiece given the evidence that they're terrorizing your relatives we're losing africans while counting the negatives leave and let live because african love is a feminist leave and let live because african love is a <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> <That's> incredible. <laughs> Yeah. It's easier to memorize right. hip-hop than it is to do poetry.
1: Well, when you come back, we've got to talk about that.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, man. You are something else, man. You are really uh, something else. Thank you. you really thank you so are. much for Something's your space. I truly really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: All right. All right, everyone.
0: <laughs>
1: Tonight was wonderful. <laughs> Until the next time we meet. As you know, I share every, every time we have an opportunity to be together, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Mm. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Stay inspired.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) Inspire a child. One love. That's
1: right. You too, my friend. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's get out of here. Drive on out of here in our vehicle.
0: Quintessential
1: Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.